Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside. Come inside. You know who this is. Uh-huh. And you know who that is. Yes, you do. You know who you are. All right. There we go. There, There's your intro. <laughs> this is our house with a clock in its walls podcast. Is that why, how? Why are you questioning it? <laughs> because... Is that what we're doing? No. Uh, because it's a long-ass name. And, you know, I have a problem with long titles for movies, except for, I think, one, which is Dr. Strange Love or How I Learned to Fall in Love with the Bomb or whatever the fuck they called it. That was funny. Or uh, Birdman, you know, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance or whatever, you know. Um, but most of the time, long titles are just fucking annoying. I, You know, like, this one's annoying. Or um, How to Train Your Dragon. That's fucking, I don't care what anybody says. That That annoyed me from the first time I ever heard it. So, um, but whatever, that's just me. Whatever, Debbie Downer. Yeah. Or, or, you know what? There's one that was okay. It was, um, don't be a menace to uh, South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. That was a good one too, but there we go. Otherwise, fuck off. Don't do any more long ones. All right. So we're going to do that one. We're going to do some fucking news. You know why? Because we got news that is so goddamn compelling. Stop. <laughs> On Sunday. Um, I mean, yeah, we got we got a PG thirteen Deadpool two. We got uh, Doctor Doolittle being delayed, played by Robert Downey Jr. And we even got Dance Dance Revolution movie and Seth Rogen as a pickle. It's fucking crazy today on a couple of hours shows. Okay, so take it away, pickly, <laughs> pickly. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's do this. Which voice should I use? <laughs> In 1955. Really? No. <laughs> one man, one desire. No. All right. In 1955, 10-year-old Louis Barnevelt goes to New Zebedee, Michigan to live with his uncle Jonathan in a creaky old house which has a mysterious ticking heart. Recently orphaned, Louis only wants to have a normal childhood but soon discovers he's in line for anything but that. Uncle Jonathan is in fact a mediocre but well-intentioned warlock while his next-door neighbor and good friend Florence Zimmerman is a far more powerful good witch. The house that Lewis has just moved into was previously owned by Isaac and Selina Izzard. Before dying, this sinister couple had constructed a powerful clock that is hidden somewhere within the walls of the house, where it ticks eternally. I sound almost like Rod Serling when I'm reading this. Trying to pull the world into a magical alignment that would have permitted Isaac to bring about the end of the world. But the sleepy facade of Lewis's new town jolts to life, with the secret world of warlocks and witches when Lewis, wanting only to make a new friend and impress the popular Tarby Corrigan, attempts to raise the dead in the local cemetery on Halloween and succeeds in accidentally releasing Isaac Izzard from his tomb. Things quickly go awry as the warlock's ghost and a horde of fantastical creatures are soon unleashed to wreak havoc on the town. Now with the help of Jonathan and Mrs. Zimmerman, Lewis must summon all his courage to prevent the evil warlock Isaac Izzard from finishing his work and attempt to contain the growing supernatural forces of evil that threaten to bring about doomsday for the whole world. That's it. I, you know, that, 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 I mean, that just seems like a long um, um, synopsis instead of an actual summary of the film, right? That's what we're looking for. Yeah. I don't know. You just, because remember when, we, when I read it last week for... Um, for uh, hereditary, how long that was, you know, and things like that. It goes into detail about it. This one was just like a quick and shit. So anyway, um, what is your take? <laughs> I just I, sometimes I say stupid shit just so you give me that look. <laughs> uh, that's my take. You know, I I actually liked um, Kyle MacLachlan in this. He was he was um, 
That's the word I'm looking for. Different? Yeah, he was really good, actually. Uh, the the he he wasn't he wasn't crazy Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah, like he plays in some of the other Shield. Yeah, he, he, and he isn't. Um, he uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? He isn't. Uh, he, he isn't playing a pussy character. Like oh, sometimes he normally does like a pushover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he. At first, I thought it was um, 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 Stephen Colbert. Oh. There, there is a similarity there. Yeah, especially some of the, the earlier scenes mm-hmm. where he's wearing the round glasses and whatnot. Because you couldn't really tell if it was Kyle. I couldn't cut, tell if it was Kyle McLaughlin or it was somebody else. Yeah. Um, again, Jack Black is good in this movie. Kate Blanchett was good in this movie. Yeah. The new kid was okay in this movie, but I mean, except like, for I mean, this. <laughs> yeah, the fake crying. The cr- oh god, the crying was bad. Yeah, they didn't jump too much into you know the whole backstory of the parents dying. We just got a his parents died going to live with his uncle. Yeah, that's fine. And um, that's it. Well, wow, I didn't know that. It was written by Eric Kripke. Um, Eric Kripke is the guy that did Supernatural. Yeah, it does Supernatural. I should yeah. say based on uh, by Eli Roth. Based on the novel by John Belairs in 1973. Which uh, there are twelve novels that have the um, Lewis uh, Barnevelt uh, character in them. So, so I wonder if they're going to make any more. I, I I hope so. I mean this this film was fun. It you know what I liked was it it didn't have it it had the balls to not be too kid friendly. You know, yeah, kind of well, like I, how Miss Peregrine's was. You know, Miss Peregrine's. You know, because there look there's to me there's a couple risque parts in this movie, like uh, the whole part with the um with the demon. You know, where it's licking his hand and shit, you know, when it does that flashback scene. That was, I mean, like, I'm like, this is a fucking kid's movie? It, you know, it was, it was creepy. And then when they're, like, morphing, that yeah, was creepy, too, you know? When they, when they, um, like, say when they, you know, the uh, the neighbor morphed into the, uh, into his wife. Uh, I didn't find it too creepy. It's, it was weird, but not creepy. You know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm look, trying to do it from, like, a child's perspective. You know, like, god damn, that's pretty, you know. The, the, well, there like, was kids of, in the fucking theater, too, so. Yeah. Yeah, because the subject matter got a little, little, little deep, um, you know, deeper than the average kid's, fa- um, you know, f- uh, family uh, affair. So that's what I liked about it was that it, you know, it huh. didn't it Hebrew. didn't inhibit itself by being too kid, you know, kid friendly. Huh. He was born in Michigan and died in Haverhill, Massachusetts. Hmm. Weird. As I'm, uh, so I'm not really familiar with any of his books. Yeah, um, he died young. This is uh, John Belair's. In fact, he looks like the kid from. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what do you call it? Um, I, I'm trying to. I know. I I see his face, dude. I'm, I'm trying to. He does have a familiarity to him. We're the Millers. Oh, okay. Oh, Poulter. Will Poulter. Yeah, he kind of looks like Will Poulter. You know, Will Poulter <laughs> was signed on to do it, and he had to drop out because of uh, scheduling issues. I don't care. Okay, that, that's great. <laughs> Everyone, Mike doesn't care. <laughs> we should have a fucking announcement uh, bell for that one. I, I just it, it doesn't. Hey, you you wanted to bring up Will Poulter. I only brought up Will Poulter for one reason, because the guy looks like Will Poulter. You're the one that brought up the whatever bullshit trivia. Ooh, this is, you know, the Halloween month. So um, he's written, let's see, he wrote St. Uh, Fidgeta and other parodies, The Pendant and the Shuffy, uh, Face in the Frost. So in 1973, he wrote The House of the Clock and Its Walls, and then, um, Jesus, he had 31, he had 31 different uh, books that were published between 1966 and 2008. Even though he died in 1991. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a prolific writer. So. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a shit ton of pomo- posthumous six publications. Six Louis Barnavall. There's a books. plethora of 
posthumous publications. Nine. There's nine Louis Barnavalt, 10, 11, 12. There's 12 of these books about uh, the Louis Barnavalt or the Louis Barnavalt series. Anyways, um, if you if you go see this movie, you're going to see a lot of resemblances to Harry Potter. Yeah. And, you know, that's this book, this series came out 30 years before. Yeah, I, I, that's that's one of the... I got the... My vibe from this film is Harry Potter um, with a touch of Goosebumps and uh, Miss Peregrine's School for Peculiar Children. Yeah, and even and I think that most of these most of these stories were published way before those books. Anyway, um, not that that means anything. That's but that's what makes it successful. Is that <clears throat> or that's what's going to make this movie successful? Is that they have learned from the Harry Potter stuff. So when you're doing like a kids movie like this, even with Harry Potter, you need to have. I'm not gonna say realistic. You need to have a sense of danger. Yeah. When these with, with these books in particular, um, the character or, or the the lead actor in this case was that was that the, the Barnival kid, right? Yeah, Lewis. Yeah. So putting him in danger and making it a straight up horror movie is two different things. Yeah. That the but what I what I liked about this is that it wasn't afraid to stick with being well, the movie set it it sticks with being itself. Yeah. For for the best part. Um I the, obviously there are some things I didn't give a shit about, but um the the, the contrived don't look in this don't look in this area because And then the school shit with the uh with the other, uh... yeah. Well, I, that was actually well done. The school shit was fine. I was fine with it because he started off the the what was his name, Darby or Tarby or Tarby. Yeah, he um he starts off as a kid that actually is helpful. This Tarby kid, right? And then from there, hold on, there we go. Uh, Sonny Sulajic is his name. Tarby Corrigan. Anyways, <clears throat> so Tarby starts off as this nice kid who breaks his arm and he's helping Lewis out and he's becoming friends with him and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And then as soon as his arm heals and he, and he wins the, the school president, he's back to being a, an asshole. A douche. Yeah. And then, you know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't want to be friends with Lewis because Lewis is weird. Yeah. He's strange. You know what? Um, maybe they, I, I missed this or, or something, but Look, he didn't have a problem telling the dude that he, he he you know he does magic and that his fucking uncle does magic. So why didn't he ever just show him magic every time the kid called him a liar? Because um, I think like most kids, when you do that, you're doing it to kind of impress, but you don't want to show everybody that you can do it. It just seemed really weird. Like why you know? Let me take you around the corner here, and I'll show you like a little quick. Yeah, or, that's a little weird. I'm gonna just take you around the corner and show well, you something. Whatever. Let me show you something around this corner, so only you and there I. There was plenty see it. of times this movie where he was alone with the dude, and he could have fucking shown him that shit, and he because didn't. he was afraid, and he and he didn't have the confidence to actually do the magic. But, but he only had it when he's in the house, right? Because he he was using the house as his power base, if you want to call it that. <laughs> his confidenter, yeah. Or, yeah, his you know confidenter. Yeah, his confidenter. <laughs> The non-existent word that Joe yes. just fucking spewed yes. out of his face. It's his courage juice. Yeah. The, yeah. But that's what it is, is that I can show you this, but I have to do it at my house because, or, you know, those could have been the rules. Don't do magic outside the house. I, well, I mean, he's already breaking the rules all the time, you know, by telling people about the shit, but. Yeah, telling one person. Well, you're not supposed to tell anybody. So. And then he, he got into the box. Don't open the fucking box. 
Yeah. So he's a rule breaker. So, and and that's the that the whole don't open this where they could have put it in a safe and hidden it away, right? You know. Yeah. In somebody's room, but that's that's always the the uh, I don't want you to do this because there's grave consequences. And it does the this. thing where oh look what happens when you leave, when you keep secrets. It ends up fucking coming back to bite you in the ass. Yeah, and that, those are the contrivances that I had a problem with. Yeah. Um, it's like, just fucking tell him. Tell him there's a fucking evil book in here. It's going to fuck shit up even worse, so leave it the fuck alone. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, or don't tell him about the book and hide the book away in a place that no one can see it. And then he never even has to mention it anyway, so then there's no curiosity at all. Exactly. Oh, yeah, there you go. So, other than that, I mean, those contrivances... 13 innings now. It's going to go to 13. So those contrivances aside, uh, I thought that everything was actually well done. And I in and and Colleen Camp as Mrs. Hanchett, who is ju- the n- nosy neighbor, yeah. who turns out to be the bad guy's wife. Yeah. So, I I think they could have done something better. And I have, like I said, I haven't read the books, so I don't know anything about the books. Yeah. Um, in terms of how how much of a straightforward, um release of this movie is yeah. meaning what i mean by that is how closely it, it follows the story yeah so my guess is that you know the the book and all that other stuff that was a contrivance is kind of there but there's a they did it in a in a better way yeah in the book than they did in in the movie yeah. um i don't know what else to say <laughs> i i you know i like mclaughlin's uh character because um there's something about Colin McLaughlin. I used to fucking hate him. He was one of those actors that every time I saw his face, I wanted to fucking punch him. And especially in the 80s and 90s. And then all of a sudden, I don't know when the turn came, um, but there's something about him that it just I, I started liking him. Did and, you say in the 70s and the 80s? No, I said 80s and 90s. Because he was in stuff like, you know, The Hidden and Twin Peaks. And, and then in the 90s, he was in, you know, Showgirls and stuff. And there was just something about him that, that just really, uh, it was off-putting. And, but now, now I like him. I, you know, when he plays, he's the mayor in, um, in Portlandia, you know? Uh-huh. He's fucking hilarious in that. He's got a great sense of humor. And in other movies and shit, I see him. And he, I, I, like, I like him. I haven't seen the new um, the Twin Peaks follow-up that he, you know, he was on on Showtime. But um, I'll, I, still, I still have to watch the original Twin Peaks. I still haven't seen it. And I have that saved on my Netflix queue. But yeah. Um, other things I've seen him in, you know, in the last like decade or so, I'm like, oh, Desperate Housewives. That's what it was. He was really gone. Desperate Housewives. Forgot about that. Okay, so because um, I watched that with my mom. Uh, let's see. So yeah, I, I liked his character. Um, they didn't do, you know, you know what? Look, I like pretty much all most of the characters in this film. Problem is, is that when it's all said and done, it's still one of those movies that I didn't remember much about it. It's not. I know I have a shitty memory and everything, but this is not one of the, that's not the reason why it's, it's because there's just not a lot of, um, there's not a lot about this movie that really that is memorable to me. That, that's pretty much the gist of it. You know, I, you know, I, I'm, I like the fact that Eli Roth was able to tone down his shit and direct this movie without, you know, gore porning it, you know, and, and <laughs> well, it's, a, it's, it's yeah. essentially a Harry Potter style movie. Why would he gore porn it? You, I'm just surprised to see Eli Roth attached to something that isn't super gory. That, that's that's pretty much just that. Um, and it just—I don't know. It this isn't a movie that I'll ever care to see again. I did I enjoy it when we watched it, sure, but it, you know, good acting all around, you know. And, but it's not one of those movies like, oh fuck, I got to buy this for the kids when it comes out. 
It just it isn't. I didn't hate it. I didn't. Uh, to me, this movie is. Uh, I would say it's a five. Okay. You know, yeah, I give it the same. So you know, I wish it was better than it was. It, now, like I said, it's not a bad movie. Just yeah, not memorable to me. It would have been nice to see the remaster of Michael Jackson's uh, Thriller. Yeah, but it was only played on the IMAX. So let's get into some trivia here. All right. So the bus stop across the street from a movie from the movie theater uh, that had Spaceman from Pluto on the marquee was the title of another Universal Studios movie at the time. It was um, that was produced by Steven Spielberg. Um, however, Zemeckis decided to keep back keep the title, which was Back to the Future. Hmm. So that was that's kind of cool. Uh, the fictional house with the clock in its walls is based on the real life Cronin Mansion in um, author John Belair's home of Marshall, Michigan, which served as the basis for the new the, for the town of New Zebedee used in his books. Um, in in the scene, and there's a scene in the movie where. Mrs. Zimmerman, who's played by Kate Blanchett, boasts that she once melted Salvador's wa- Salvador Dali's watch off his wrist. And although the film doesn't elaborate, it's implied that this moment inspired Dali's painting, The Persistence of Memory, <laughs> uh, which is famous for its melting. Uh, Eli Roth's ex-wife, Lorenzo Izzo, plays Lewis's mother. Um, Eli Roth also appeared in the film as Comrade Ivan <laughs> in the black and white Captain Midnight scene uh, that Lewis sees on the wall. Yep. Um, but it's Lewis would watch this TV show called Captain Midnight, and when he went to his uncle's house, they don't have a TV, so once he learned how to do magic, he would use the mirrors to watch TV. Yeah. Uh, At one point, Jack Black can be heard whistling a piece of Johann Sebastian Bach. This same melody was used by Tenacious D, um, the band that Jack Black is in with Kyle Glass. In fact, he's a shining golden god. (laughs) Exactly. If you think it's time to fucking rock and fucking roll. <laughs> the story based on John Belair's novel was previously made as a t- TV episode of CBS Library in 1979. The segment was featured in the episode CF- CBS Library, Once Upon a Scary Midnight. Uh, in the scene where the bus pulls into town, there's a, crisp- a Kripke grocer. Uh, the screenplay is by Eric Kripke, who also has done Supernatural. Um, you son of a bitch. Kate Blanchett and Kyle McLaughlin, who play rival magicians in the film, have both been in the Marvel comic book features as enemies of the protagonist. Blanchett played Hela, and McLaughlin played Calvin Zabo, Mr. Hyde in Agents. That was completely useless trivia, <laughs> and I wanted to admit to that, because as soon as I started reading it, I was just like, why am I reading this? All right. While talking to Lewis about how she lost her magic and family, Zimmerman's arm is shown, and a tattoo is visible, infer- inferring that she was in a concentration camp. Hmm. Screenplay author Eric Kripke has stated multiple times on his Twitter page that he was a fan of the book when growing up. He was even he has even stated that the novel was the original inspiration for uh, Supernatural, which mm-hmm. he created. He has also said that he wrote in a few Supernatural Easter eggs as a way of paying tribute. Um, in the film, a Captain Midnight decoder pin is found in a jar of Ovaltine. In actuality, they were not included in jars of Ovaltine. People had to collect labels and then mail away for one. The decoder pin would then arrive several weeks later. Yeah, it took so long to come in the fucking mail, you forgot you were even going to get it. Christmas. A Christmas story. In fact, Joe and I did, a, <laughs> did the entire line from Christmas story. was like, but, always be sure to drink your Ovaltine. A commercial? A crummy commercial? Son of a bitch. bitch. <laughs> That that would be a good time for uh, for Dean to come in there and go, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. I, oh man, there would be times where I, I every once in a while there'd be something I really wanted on a cereal box, and I, you'd have to buy like fifteen boxes or some shit and collect all the stuff, UPCs. Right. And then you mail it off, and the shit used to take so long. 
that yeah, I would totally forget because you when you're a kid, bless you. When you're a kid, yeah, man, six to eight weeks for delivery. Or yeah, some shit like yeah. That. Time takes for fucking ever when you're a kid. So especially when you're waiting for some. So yeah, and it, it, it usually took more than eight weeks, man. It, it, I swear to God, it, it, maybe it's just because of the time thing, but it felt like six months. Yeah, like sending away for the um, for fucking uh, Boba Fett. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was a pain in the ass. What a, what a hack job that was. <laughs> so, all right. Um, okay, so the the next movie that we are going to be seeing is going to be Venom. We are Venom. Ugh. And I have no faith in it. Um, the only thing I think that I'm going to enjoy is Tom Hardy's performance, because Tom Hardy always fucking gives his best when he does a movie. So sure. um, other than that, I think they're going to shit on my favorite Spider-Man villain, as they have already done before. So whatever. Fuck them. But we will see it. We'll let you know how shitty it is. I still don't understand why or how this is your favorite Spider-Man villain. I, I, because I don't know why. I don't remember what it was about Venom that I started getting into him about, but it just, I, I, I don't know. It was. I think it was because uh, I was watching him on cartoons and playing him on video games and shit at the time when I was a teenager that it just, that, that's the only thing I can think of. I, I don't remember what it was that, that made him become so appealing to me. Um, there you go. I think it's also seeing McFarlane's art with him. Um, when I was younger too, then. possible, yeah. Because I mean, McFarlane, man, he's fucking larger than life. Shit. Um, all right. Um, so news, shit. Uh, we saw the new Spider-Man into the uh, multiverse or the Spider-Verse like, uh, trailer. That one looks pretty fucking good, man. Is it just me or every every trailer that comes out, the animation is getting even more and more crisp? Like this shit looks straight up like it's. Um, I don't know. How would you describe this animation? Computerized. <laughs> <laughs> well, these, yeah, I mean, of course it's computerized. He's computer fucking everything, but. No, that's not true. I, just, I don't know why you just didn't go to YouTube. <laughs> trying to. What makes you different is what makes you Spider Man. My name is Peter Parker. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. I saved the city, fell in love, then I saved the city again and again and again. Look, I'm a comic book, a serial, I did a Christmas album, and a so-so popsicle. But this isn't about me. Not anymore. Spider-Man swings in once a day, zip-zaps up in his little mask and answers to no one. I love you, moms. Yeah, I know, Dad. You gotta say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I want to hear it. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That's a copy. My name is Miles Morales. I'm the one and only Spider-Man. At least that's what I thought. You ever hear of the Super Collider? You're gonna love this. Dimension opening now. You're like me. That's impossible. All right, kid, listen up. This fry is your universe. It's soggy, it's weird, it's gross. And this delicious normal fry is my universe. So you want to learn to be Spider-Man. Can you teach me? Yes, I can. Time to swing. Ah, Good. You're doing it. Double tap to release and whip it out again. Okay. Whip and release. You're a natural. Whip. Hey, guys. Who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. I'm from another, another dimension. How many more spider people are there? Hey, fellas. Hello. This could literally not get any weirder. It can get weirder. Okay. 
We need to get back to our universes soon. Brooklyn is going to collapse. My family lives in Brooklyn. Whoa, 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 whoa. Miles, what's wrong? This was never your city. It's mine. If I don't destroy the collider, none of us will have a home to go home to. Remember, what makes you different? Let's go. Is what makes you Spider-Man. Officer, I love you. <laughs> Wait, what? That way, that way. Other way, other way, other way, other way. Do animals talk in this dimension? Because I don't want to freak them out. <laughs> I, uh... I'm really enjoying that, and and even though it's a Sony Pictures thing, that's heavy-handed Marvel. Mm-hmm. You could feel it. Uh, you saw the score. There was uh, you saw Kingpin. Yes, you saw Scorpion, and then um, so Sony is trying to get Mo- Venom into the Marvel universe. By the way, this the Venom movie. Yeah, is not part of the Marvel universe. Yeah. So my guess is that the reason why they released it. This is a guess. Is it if it does Gangbusters, fine. But if it doesn't, just like with the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Well, guess what. Marvel will come in, take over, yeah. and all of a sudden they're going to be making money off of Marvel. It's predicted to make uh, between fifty-five and sixty million uh, this weekend, and uh, in you know stateside. So I, I, I don't know. I know we're going to see it, but you know, <laughs> we already we've already given our take on that fucking movie. Yeah, so, man. So, yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, and then uh, there was the X Men uh, Dark Phoenix trailer came out, which um, that one is uh, I. Too little, too late for me. <laughs> yeah, who cares? You think you can fix me? Dream. You are not broken. This is the end. Beautiful friend. The mind is a fragile thing. It takes only the slightest tap to tip it in the wrong direction. This is the end. Charles. What did you do? I had to keep her stable. I protected her. From the truth? There's another word for that. I came looking for answers. You feel like you don't belong here. You don't. They can't begin to comprehend what you are. She's changing. And what? You didn't come here looking for answers. You came here looking for permission. Jean. She's all rage. Pain. And it's all coming out at once. Jean lost control. But she's still our friend. This is your fault, Charles. The world is on the brink. I'm sorry. I didn't stop it sooner. You're always sorry, Charles. And there's always a speech. And nobody cares. There's still hope. Don't do this. They're right to fear me. I've seen evil. And I'm looking at it now. Every time I see the Cyclops now, all I do, I just see Ready Player One <laughs> when he's wearing the glasses every fucking time. 
Um, all right, and then uh, there's another trailer that I didn't even know this movie existed until the trailer was up today. Um, it's called Holmes and Watson. Oh, really? Yes, I didn't know. I with Will Ferrell and um, and John C. Riley. I heard that they like three years ago. I heard that they were going to be doing a reunion film where they were going to be they were going to be um, uh, immigration police down you know at the border in like Texas or something. You know, it was going to be a comedy where they're trying to fucking you know. Keep the illegals out, you know, kind of thing. That's the last thing I heard about them. And then all of a sudden, there's Holmes and Watson. I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? So here it is. Your Majesty, may I present to you the greatest detective of all time, Sherlock Holmes, and Dr. John Watson. I love you. Watson. Oh. What a looker, right? She is stunning. Sherlock Holmes. His methods are ingenious. Right there. He's a master of disguise. What have you done with Sherlock? Why, Watson? I never left. His mind is brilliant. Angle of approach. Compensate for warp and floor. Termination of mosquito. Well done, Holmes. Oh my God! What's in that? <laughs> A murder in Buckingham Palace. Solve this case in four days, or I will kill the Queen. Signed, Professor James Moriarty. Come, Watson. We have a killer to catch. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Shall we begin the autopsy? Dr. Grace Hart. A woman doctor? Impossible. Fortunately, we have a real doctor. Yeah? Would you like some heroin? I have two days left to live. Solve this case. Her Majesty. Would you mind if we had a picture together? Watson? Who's going to take the photograph? I will take it. You see, it's sort of a self-photograph. He's a real fan. I swear, I never do this. Hey, girl! Hey, girl! Over by the window, the lighting's much better. Oh, my God! Mother of shit! Got a very uh, naked gun vibe from that. Yeah, I. It's it's yeah, I know. It, it it's it looks funny, but it also looks like it might not be that funny. It just, I mean, those two do work very well off of each other. Yeah. So hopefully, it's just a shitty trailer. <laughs> hopefully, the movie, the writing's crisp enough that they uh, that they're able to do something good with it. Insultingly lame, as one person put it. <laughs> yeah, I love when he starts shooting at the fucking bees. <laughs> so, God. That's a straight up shake and bake moment right there. All right. <laughs> uh, God damn it. All right. So, um, oh, was that the fuck? We already watched three trailers. God damn. That was quick, man. Did you see the, um, uh, new thing that Peter Jackson is doing? Um, no. With World War One, no. um, yeah. footage. No. He redid, um, he got World War One footage and he colorized it and high def the fuck out of it. And it looks pretty goddamn good um the uh and it shows in the um 
in the actual um, trailer for it. It's called um, They Shall Not Grow. The trailer's only like a minute long. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is absolutely uh, amazing what they are able to do now with, uh, with pictures. Are they saying that he got hit? Just continue on. Oh, you go look at it, but I guess I can't. Because <laughs> I'm not reading fucking news. <laughs> I, I was, you know, I kept hinting at this fucking trailer because I was hoping you might want to, you know, check it out. But you know, fuck me, right? So, uh, <laughs> so uh, for some reason, the Doctor Doolittle film that I didn't even know existed until uh, I think either yesterday or today, um, the redo with uh, Robert Downey Jr. has for some reason been delayed till 2020. Even though the film has already been finished ma- being made. Do you want to check out the Peter Jackson trailer? He, have you seen it? No. You should. I mean, you're a war guy, so yeah, check this one. No, the I'm a World War II guy. I don't even care about World War II. This is a precursor. I don't care about World War II. That's it. can't have part two without part one. I mean, I like some of the plane fights and stuff like that, but... Who's fucking weak, huh? I don't... I don't <laughs> Compared care. to the king? What? <laughs> World War II is the king, the sequel. Yeah, okay. The, the much improved sequel. Yeah, that's what it is. More death and destruction. That's more players is. involved. I, I get it. The one-up sequel's better this time around. Right. I, I got it. That's what it is. <laughs> I know. All right. So, um, yeah, that that, um, that one looks... It look, Well, I don't plan on going to see it. It looks like it's only going to be out for one night anyway, but... Um, it just looked interesting because, you know, it's Peter Jackson. I was like, where, where the fuck's he been? He's supposed to make a Halo movie. He's supposed to do another, uh, um, God damn it. What's that kid? The animated one they did with Spielberg? Oh, my God. Tintin. Yeah. Well, I almost said Percy Jackson for some reason. Um, yeah. So he's supposed to be doing the Tintin. And where the fuck is it? I don't know. You tell me. So um, I don't know. Maybe if you did a little bit more research, you could find out. No, I, well, I purposely did that on so because I knew you were going to say that, and it was called uh-huh. the setup. That's that's why it was called the right. beratable set, setup. Right. Yes. Yeah, you, you knew exactly how I was going to say that. Yes, the beration setup. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to give too much info on this one, but I, I just read about Seth Rogen. He's going to be starring in a movie soon uh, where he gets dropped dropped into a vat of uh, pickle juice for a hundred years and wakes up in New York City perfectly preserved and he goes to meet find his relatives and hilarity ensues like it's like a Johnny Appleseed but with pickles why, why don't you just read the whole I don't want to I'd rather just fucking wing it and just talk stupid stupidly about it I, I really would I don't want to read the fucking article okay because the whole idea is it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that tough he's a Polish immigrant <laughs> who moves to fucking New York and falls into a vat of pickle juice who gets preserved for a hundred years Wakes up a hundred years later, right, to find out that his family is gone except for his great grandson, who's a computer wizard, who's a computer nerd, uh-huh. and then they have to figure out a way to get along. You're so well spoken, my friend. So well spoken. You're you're good. You're special. <laughs> you can't help it if I can remember shit. You do, man. I mean, just you know, I me, mean, I'm just like the Cliff Notes version. All right. Um, <laughs> there is a uh, comic book uh, called Ice Cream Man. 
Yeah, this sounds interesting. Yeah, so uh, Universal Cable Productions uh, has announced that they are going to be adapting um, the uh, title Ice Cream Man into a TV series um, after they had just done um, the show Happy that's on Sci-Fi, which um, I, I'm look, I still need to see the final two episodes of the first season because they're not available, but on what I have, even though I've got fucking Prime and Netflix and Hulu and, and PlayStation View, I still can't see the fucking last two episodes. Um, but regardless... Uh yeah, so they're they're doing that one, and uh, it's a, pretty much it's a horror uh, fantasy anthology that's um, presented by the narrator named the Ice Cream Man, where it's a dark tapestry of tales from his truck, where he peels back the layers of suburban American psyche with stories that always end with a macabre twist. All right, so um, yeah, Ma- Max and Adam Reed, who have done uh, something called Sneaky Pete. Uh, we'll write the adaptation, and um, execute, uh, they'll executive produce it alongside Chris Bender, uh, Jake Weiner, or Weiner, however you want to pronounce it, and Jake Wagner. Um, and then it's going to be uh, shopped to premium cable and streaming services. So Yeah, it's um, it's written by uh, Ice Cream Man. is written by Maxwell Prince um, with art by Martin Morazzo and Chris O'Halloran. Um, is a, uh, here it is. That's a creepy fucking picture. The more you stare at it, the creepier it gets. Okay. Chocolate, <laughs> vanilla, existential horror, drug addiction, musical fantasy. Um, Ice Cream Man is a genre-defying comic book series featuring disparate one-shot tales of sorrow, wonder, and redemption. Each installment features its own cast of strange characters dealing with their own special Sunday of suffering. And on the periphery of all, of all of them, like the twinkly music of his colorful truck, is the Ice Cream Man, a weaver of stories, a pur- purveyor of sweet treats, friend, foe, god, demon. The man who, with a snap of his fingers, lickety-split, can change the course of your life forever. So it sounds kind of like what you were saying. The creep show? Like Fantasy Island, too. Yeah. Creep, creep show, Fantasy Island. So, um, All right. So, yeah. That that one, I mean, look. It, they, they did a good job with Happy. Happy's a good fucking show, man. It's entertaining as hell. So, um, yeah, let's see. And I, You know, I, I like the fact that there's um, there's people that are coming out and grabbing comic stories that most people would have never touched. And um, and they're doing them just like how uh, Rogan and Goldberg are doing Preacher and things like that. I mean, hell, if you go back twenty four years when uh, they did Tank Girl, even though it's not a very good movie, just the balls that someone had to do it. <laughs> Fucking Howard, Clint Howard, that's funny. So um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, I I'm interested in it. So uh, hold your fucking hats, everybody. Uh, if you're a fan of the video game Dance Dance Revolution, um. They are making a full motion picture based on that film, based on that on that uh, arcade game. <sighs> <laughs> we don't know why. Who? Who? Uh, Stampede Ventures, uh, which is run by former Warner Brothers executive uh, Greg Silverman, um, has begun uh, developing the film. With J. Todd Harris and Mark Markham of Branded Entertainment and the intellectual property owner... Of Konami. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to... Yeah, so the announcement just came 20 years after the the original game launched in Japan. And uh, the story is going to be set in a world on the brink of destruction where the only hope is to unite through the universal language of dance. And apparently it's not going to be a satire. So you better take this seriously, my friends, because the dance revolution is coming. <laughs> I mean, the dance dance revolution. <laughs> Dude, This I thought that the idea for Battleship was bad. But how the fuck are you going to dance away the fucking war? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Bill and Ted will come and you know perform with Wild Stylings. You know? Okay, so this person who 
Carafano? Yeah, Carafano. <laughs> <laughs> I line them up, you knock them down. <laughs> so she's the director of development at Stampede. She's worked with Greg Silverman um, while he was at Warner Brothers. Okay. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I just want you to understand that <clears throat> she worked with him at Warner Brothers and has directed one movie Meet or Prelo. short. She was writer, editor, and producer. This is back in 2013. And um, that's it. Meet, Pray, Love. <laughs> Didn't you do that one? Didn't you? No. I've never even heard of Meet, Pray, Love. A girl meets her boyfriend's unusual family for Thanksgiving. And it's a short, so. But that's that's it. There's nothing more on her. <laughs> Carafano. <laughs> Maybe she's been given this because uh, she was going to sue Warner Brothers for something bad. She worked at Management 360, BBC Worldwide, Mythology Entertainment. Who the fuck is Mythology Entertainment? I wasn't paying attention, but it looks like uh, Colorado one because it's showing only footage of them celebrating. So. Yeah, Colorado one. Huh. Fuck, I didn't know that. They, I didn't know they scored. Yeah, it was two to one, and then. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. So Mythology Entertainment's website has nothing on their website about what they do. Fuck, that means the Dodgers are going to play the Brewers. All right. So she's worked for companies that don't really exist. So how does she get a job as director of development at Stampede Ventures? So she won't sue them for something salacious. I don't. Elephant. She was an executive assistant for two years, seven months. She's director of development. She worked for two years. She Elephant for Stampede Ventures. Maybe so, she pitched something, something for the movie that was so amazing. She worked in Management 360 for a year and ten months. She was assistant to literary partner. And she was a mailroom clerk. She was an intern at BBC. She was an intern at Mythology. Oh, so that means she probably has an accent. Production intern at Two Rivers. Intern at McGavran. She was a tutor. Okay, I don't care about that. So this is what she did. She worked for a year and 10 months at Management 360. Then she was assistant to literary partner. And then she became an executive assistant. where she at, But it doesn't say what company. For Oh, it says April 2016, present, two years, seven months. So so that's that's Stampede. So she was at Management 360 for a year and 10 months, and then now she's an executive assistant, present, April through whatever, two years, seven months, and then she's an elephant. I don't know what the fuck that means. At Stampede Venture for two years, and then director of development for eight months. So in less than four years, she has become a director. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just saying. So you're saying that uh, you have no faith in this film? No. I, she's a director of development, and she has no experience. You know? She, she, she's gone from mailroom clerk to executive in three years. Uh-huh. In less than three years. That sounds entrepreneurial, man. She's moving on up. There's something wrong. There's something is fucking fishy over here, isn't it? Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> it's thin. <laughs> Fucking anorexic. All right. Uh, lastly, but fucking, they're going to release a PG-13 a Deadpool 2 at the end of the year. Yep. Christmas time. Which, why? Is it to test the waters or something? Or what the fuck? I mean, is it a joke? It, what do you think? If it's a gimmick. That's exactly what it is. It's well, a Christmas gimmick. They have Fred Savage reprising his Princess Bride role. Come on. <laughs> I look. I know the trailer will come out for it or something soon, but um, <laughs> I've already spent enough money on this fucking movie. I've paid to see it twice in theaters, and I bought the Blu-ray. I, I don't need 
to spend any more on this goddamn movie. Fox so. is trying to just make as much money as they can before. Yeah. Before the before. Well, are they like before giving their title over to Marvel? Apparently, they know what's they know something that's going to happen. Like uh, maybe they're all going to lose their jobs because they suck for the most part. So there's like we're just going to milk this for every goddamn penny we can before fucking Disney fucking brings their people over. <laughs> you know what? Maybe that'll be worth spending another twelve bucks <laughs> just to see fucking Deadpool. Reading, reading a story about Buttercup <laughs> to fucking Fred Savage. Ryan Reynolds <laughs> Buttercup. took to Twitter with a brief response to the announcement, but rather than offering his own take on whether a more child-friendly version of the R-rated hit is a good idea, Reynolds instead opened up the floor to just one word. Uh, thoughts? The text came with the accompanying still of the Princess Bride star Fred Savage being read a bedtime story by Deadpool. From the looks of things, this setup could be one way that Deadpool 2 will skim over gorier parts of the plot mm. while simultaneously offering a cheeky parody of the classic fantasy film. And that would be worth it. If they do that, yeah. if they intercut between, I'm all there. Yeah. I'm all in. Anyway, in answer to Randall's question, it's clear that a lot of fans aren't pleased with this, <laughs> with many feeling that to cut all the violence and swearing from a Deadpool movie would be a complete betrayal. <laughs> What's more with Deadpool? Um, Dude. This is uh, out of the fucking box shit, man. I, I you know what? I look. It's hilarious. It, it, it is fucking hilarious, and I, people need to fucking open their minds to it a little more. I'm not saying I'm gonna go give money more money to it, but I, I just that's fucking funny. I, that, I mean, isn't that the point of Deadpool to do what, crazy shit? But what? what if, yeah. What? What if it's just a fucking joke? What just, if it's a? What if it's a six month late April Fool's joke? There we go. Or eight months. Regardless, you know, I it's fucking funny, man. I'm not. I'm, like I said, I'm not gonna give money to it, but it's funny. So I think that's all we got, man, uh, for this one. All right. All right. So fuck off, everybody. Yeah, fuck off. All right, fuck off. Have a good time. All right. Fuck all right. you, San Diego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>